you've been sitting on it for a while now. There's this thing that a close friend of yours does, and she does it every time you all get together. But you don't want to look like you're being dramatic or overly sensitive by bringing it up. So instead, you stuff it down. You dilute it. You deny it. But at this point, you feel like you're ready to say something because the irritation, the anxiety, and sometimes the dread of hanging out has become too much to bear. So what do you say and how do you know if you are being too sensitive? Today, I am having a conversation with Dr. Carol Robin, the co-author of a book titled Connect. And I am not kidding you. This book has taught me so freaking much, and I'm fairly confident it's on the bookshelf of anyone who's an expert in relationships, leadership, or communication. I'm not kidding. And you know I'm not hyping it up just for the sake of being nice, because how many books do you hear me open my mouth and endorse on the show? None. I mean, just my own book, and that's not even out yet, okay? So that's how passionate I am about people getting a hold of this book and really, truly having the relationships transformed. Dr. Robin is so wise, and today she's going to share about a concept she calls pinches and crunches. She illuminates this further in her book, and I actually reached out to her to interview her for my book, Fighting for Our Friendships, which will be on bookstores near you in 2024. And with her permission, I asked if I could share uh, a clip of our interview with you today because I know, I know it's going to add so much value to your life and by extension transform your relationships. So, in this concept, pinches and crunches, she outlines how to differentiate between big and small conflicts and how to determine when and how to speak up about each type appropriately so that you can maintain your friendship when healthy conflicts inevitably arise. So if you've had a growing complaint lodged in your throat that you've been fighting to speak on, this episode is for you. Because not only will you learn how to address concerns with your friends in a loving way, but you'll finally understand why even doing it is worth the risk. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, I got you. I'm your host, Danielle Byer Jackson, a friendship coach, speaker, and author. And when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding female friendship, I am here to help you through it. So, a pinch are those moments in a relationship inevitable moments, they happen no matter how great your relationship is, where somebody does something that just, just kind of annoys you a little bit, or disappoints you a little bit, or hurts it a little bit, or it's like one of those eh, moments. They happen all the time. Now, when, you know, somebody does something that, you know, it can be very small. And in the moment, because it's so small, we tend to not say anything. I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. It was a little nothing. So, and sometimes that's the right thing to do. However, if you've done something that's annoying, mildly annoying, and I don't say anything, you're not, you have no, no idea that I find that mildly annoying. So you're going to keep doing it. <laughs> the more you do it, the bigger the pinch gets. And eventually it gets so big that it's a crunch. Mm -hmm. Now it's no longer a question of just, you know, yeah, you know, when you do this, I, sometimes it hurts my feelings or when you do this, sometimes it makes me a little irritated. Now it's a, now it's big. Now it's a crunch. Now the, 
In the book, we talk about how we're equipped with two antennas. One antenna picks up like, what's going on for me? My internal signals. The other one is picking up what's going on for you. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, and those, those signals need to talk to each other if we're gonna have reasonably good relationships. So your internal antenna is the one that, you, that tells you you have just felt the pinch. Ugh. Now, what you then have to decide is, is it something I wanna say something about? And the, the, to the conversation we were having just a bit ago, women in particular, are afraid of how they'll be seen if they raise a pinch. They'll either be seen as being overly sensitive or dramatic or thin-skinned or what is, what's the matter with you? Everything's gotta be a big thing. The problem is that when you don't raise a pinch at the pinch level, when it's little, it almost inevitably becomes a crunch if it continues to happen. So you don't have to raise it the very first time it happens. But if by the third time the person's doing it, you're still feeling it, and you're probably feeling a little bit more, it's time to raise it. A lot of people say, ah, it's not worth it. And this is in the book. Try mm -hmm. substituting the pronoun it for I, you, or we. I'm not worth raising it. You're not worth raising it. We, our relationship is not worth raising it. And then ask you uh, yourself again whether you want to raise it in service of the relationship. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And, and you're having us reframe just the, the concept of um, conflict itself. So as opposed to keeping it to ourselves because we don't want to make it a big deal as something that can be seen as data, giving them data to let them know, exactly. here's the information. This is how I process that. I need to communicate that to you. And, and the idea is, especially if we're speaking here in the context of friendship, that ideally this person is hungry for that information so they know how to love you better. Exactly. And in fact, one of the, one of the mental models, these beliefs and assumptions that we hold is that conflict damages relationships. As long as we're talking about reframing, sometimes conflict strengthens and deepens relationships. Because if I care enough about you and about our relationship to tell you that you're doing something that's problematic, that means I have to really care because I'm not gonna be comfortable. So I'm invested in our relationship or I wouldn't bother, mm -hmm. which is a way to receive when somebody tells you something you know, that you're doing that's problematic for them. It's also a piece of data to your point. Maybe when I do that, other people are also bothered, but they've never told me. So maybe it helps me actually get even better at creating more robust relationships, not just with you. And, uh, and then by the way, if you're vulnerable enough to do it with me, then vulnerability tends to be reciprocal. I'm more likely to do it with you. And now we're both learning, you know, as it says in the book, every interaction with another human being is an opportunity to learn about yourself, about the other person, about relationships. But if you take a whole category of things, yucky feelings, and you say, yeah, those are all off limits. We're not going to talk about any of those. How are you going to deepen a relationship? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so that's, that's such a, a powerful re reframe is to see the function of, of conflict, healthy conflict um, in a relationship is really helpful. Um, what do you say to the person who, for them, 
they're verbalizing every pinch. So I know that, you know, for women, we, we, yeah. I'm generalizing here, but we tend to, for all those reasons you just listed, I don't want to seem like I'm being difficult or that I'm yeah. sensitive or, you know, especially in a friendship, perhaps you feel like it's fragile and you don't want to test, test right. her by, you know, bringing it up. But for the woman who verbalizes every pinch, right. Right. And everything's a crunch. What, what, what are some insights for her? Well, if I'm on the receiving end of a relationship like that, then I've got feedback for that friend. So Jane, I, I, I'm really happy that you feel free to share how you're feeling about just about anything on, <laughs> on an ongoing basis. And when you, when you do that a lot after a while, it becomes harder for me to hear and want to be there for you rather than easier. I start, I start to, to feel, and then I've got to, you know, then you got to get the vocabulary feelings that's in the appendix of the book mm-hmm. and figure out what's the feeling. When you do that, I feel distanced. I feel tired. I feel less inclined to be there for you. I feel um, uh, overwhelmed. So, so start with when you do that, it's overwhelming. And here's the cool, or whatever the feeling is, the cool thing about that kind of feedback is that often people overdo their strengths to the point where they become weaknesses. So somebody who is very open and tells me a lot, that's a strength in my view, but when they overdo it, it becomes a weakness. So it's easier to give her feedback and say, you know, if you just take your foot off the pedal just a little bit, it, I'll, I'll actually be able to hear you better. And, um, and you know, maybe, maybe either space it out or let's talk about one thing at a time until we've resolved that and we've made an agreement on how it's going to work better for you. So the purpose of that kind of feedback is to move into problem solving. Not necessarily change the other person. What are we going to? What are we going to do about it? I'm telling you this because I care about our relationship, and the goal should be: What are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, not to change you. So maybe, maybe with me, uh, I have to say, here's a. She'll do it, and I'll say, here's a here's a good example. You just told me four things. It's just too, it's, it's too much for me. It's, it's, it overwhelms me. Maybe that works for other people. For me, it doesn't work. Can we take the one that you most, that most bugs you right now and talk about it, figure out what we're going to do about it. And then next, and then let's have some fun. And then next time we get together, you can tell me about the next one. <laughs> so, right. Um, and, you know, you never know, you might be helping her with a lot of her relationships mm. who haven't bothered to tell her that this is a problem. That is too true. That is too true. You know, yeah, I like that you're kind of mentioning here that aspect of of playfulness, like, hey, let's talk about it and get back to having some fun. I wonder how many of us, when we hear the word, you know, conflict, and now these phrases, pinches and crunches, we get a little tense because it sounds uh, scary and it it sounds... Uh, confrontational, antagonistic, and really uncomfortable. Um, And and you mentioned in the book about, you know, the importance of of humor as well, and how bringing it up doesn't have to sometimes be this huge, big, formal sit down and that it can look playful and that we can keep it moving and and, and have the friendship be strengthened and better for it. That's the problem with not addressing pinches when they're still at the pinch level. Mm. Once they become crunches, 
you know, what you just said about people not thinking about it, holding it as too like, (gasps) same thing with the word feedback. Mm. When somebody says, can I give you some feedback? What's the first thing you think? Here it comes. And when you've got feedback for somebody else is like, oh God, do I really have to? How can I avoid it? Well, that's because we hold this mental model that, you know, feedback somehow, but I'm talking about constructive feedback now, is going to somehow damage the relationship. Well, you know, what if our mental model of feedback is it's data and therefore it's a gift? I'm going to tell you something that you might not even realize. And then we're going to talk about what to do about it. By the way, if I've got feedback for you and that's how I, what I believe I'm doing for you, I've got a gift for you and I look forward to giving it to you. And if you're receiving feedback from me and my intent is to strengthen our relationship, then what do we say after somebody gives us feedback? Thank you. <laughs> right? That's yeah. r- rarely what anybody says, but thank you. And I'll tell you what, I get as many calls and letters and visits from former students 10 years, 15 years later, who tell me the predictable, I just became a CEO, I just founded a new company, I owe it all to what I learned, but I get just as many, pretty sure your class just saved my marriage. Mm. I want you to know that I just reconciled my relationship with, you know, my brother who I hadn't talked to for a year. I owe it all to what I learned. Thank you for finally writing a book because I've got, you know, a sister who never went to the business school and I bought her the book and now she's getting along so much better with her, you know, with her mother-in-law, whatever, right? So it's about creating stronger, more robust relationships, regardless of the walk of life. People think of it, they think it's just a business book, but it's really not. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And I mean, even all this conversation, you, you've used the word relationship, you know, several times and that's what it's about. And, and I think it's an important to note here that this is, uh, as we're having the conversation, you know, initially about pinches and crunches and feedback, how important relationship is to provide context for addressing pinches and crunches and that emotional safety to do so. And, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned emotional safety because one of the, if, if I don't, if I'm too afraid to test how robust our relationship is, it's because I don't feel emotionally safe. Mm. But how do I ever find out whether I am if I never test it? So that's why another really important concept in the book is this idea of 15%, the 15% rule. There's the comfort zone. You don't think twice about what you're going to say. There's the danger zone in a million years. You'd never say that. But there's this zone in the middle, which is the learning zone that you have to step outside of your safety zone in order to to learn anything and in order to grow in a relationship. But and my students used to say, but Carol, the minute I'm outside 15 percent, the minute outside my comfort zone, how do I know I'm not in my danger zone? How do Mm. I know I'm I'm only in the learning zone? And that's when we came up with think 15 percent, a little bit outside your comfort zone. You know, it's like three circles, a little bit. And then that safety zone circle becomes a little bigger and then you can step 15% beyond that. So you do it incrementally. You don't just bleh. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, this is, this is good stuff. Like I said, you know, I, I read the book and it's so 
I, I always say, you know, I, I work, you know, as a friendship coach and try to help women have, you know, better relate yep. to one another, but I'm always surprised by how much I learn. And then it immediately helps me in my marriage. And I'm seeing that it's because friendship really is at the heart of, right. you know, romantic relationships as well. So I know that this maybe was intended as a business book, but yes, I see why you're getting emails from, from students <laughs> uh, praising you for giving them this information that is saving their, their personal relationships as well. And now it's really cool. I'm getting, you know, LinkedIn uh, uh, invites saying, you know, I was walking through Barnes and Noble. I saw your book. It kind of caught my eye. I bought it and God, I wish I'd read it because I might still be with my girlfriend if I had. Oh man. You know, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good now. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, I mean, relationships, friendships do exist on a continuum and at one end of the continuum, it's sort of contact, no connection. You kind of, uh, or dysfunction. <laughs> and at the other end is what we came to call in the book exceptional. But every relationship doesn't have to be exceptional. It, along the way, there's just plain old robust and functional and satisfying. And, you know, once you learn how to move a relationship to that, then you can decide if you want to take a few of them farther. But at least be equipped with what it takes to take them to a place that's beyond just vapid contact and no connection. Because mm. I think as human beings, we hunger for connection. All right, ladies, as your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. I want you to identify a friend with whom you've had a recent pinch, but you've been too reluctant to say anything. I want you to outline the pros and cons of speaking up on this pinch. And then I want you to really examine if the temporary discomfort might be worth the risk. No, we cannot guarantee the outcome. We can only control how we deliver it, how we package what we say, and the timing of what we say. But if you determine that the friendship is something you value and that the pinch is something that can totally be reconciled with a simple conversation, I encourage you to take that risk and hopefully see the benefits and the rewards on the other side. If this is something that you need a little support with, or you'd like to talk through your very personal situation because you're like, Danielle, you don't know the details. You need to hear my situation. I would love to hear what's going on with you and talk to you through a personal one-on-one -on -one coaching session. And you can book that at betterfemalefriendships.com slash services. I hope to see you over there. In the meantime, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.